All right. Welcome to the Peyton Years, your home for Oregon State men's basketball. I'm your host, Andy. And as always, I'm here with my friend, Sam. Sam, how are you doing? You know, besides being a tad hungover, to be honest with you, this afternoon, I'm doing I'm doing great, Andy. It's It's been a fun week for us. There's been a lot of basketball to watch in general for August because we've got the Olympics and, and the TVT and all these things. But more important than that, we got to go to a practice. Yeah, we got to go to an Oregon State practice. We were invited down by the team to watch one of their uh, summer workouts, and then we got to have lunch with the coaches, which was super sick. I can't, I can't believe this is happening to us. They, the fact that they're aware of it was weird enough. The fact that they think of us when, when you know, thinking about who they would want to invite is is very, very humbling and proof that regardless of what people say that you can get something out of just sitting around and watching a lot of one team's sports games. Exactly. Loyalty is rewarded in the long run. I think that's what we're all learning right now. It could have been you. It could have been any two people, but we were the first to it. We were the ones that put in the time and, and, it, and we've been rewarded with it. Those burgers were really good. Yeah, that was a great lunch. Um, so we're going to break down, uh, practice some thoughts on the team looking uh, ahead the season we've got some nba notes and maybe a pro-am story or two i'm not sure but before all that let's play it the oregon state fight song is what we would be doing if we had found a producer who would work for free um to help us figure that out but we haven't yet so we're not going to play it um sam yeah. what would you like go ahead well, I, let me just say on the producer, we will not be paying you monetarily. If there's some other way that you can think of that you'd like to be paid, let us know. But there will be no money for this. If you like an Oregon State shirt, I think we can get you uh, one or two. We may have the plug on some gear, hint, hint. We'll we'll save that for later. We'll tweet about that. <laughs> um, what do you want to cover first? Do you want to go NBA or do you want to talk about the practice? I'm I'm excited to to, to cover the draft real quickly. Because we've okay. got quite the statistic for it. Yeah, let's let's break it in. Okay, so again, we had the NBA draft, what, a week ago? So Yeah, about that. About a week ago. Do you want to give the stat? I want to give the stat. So Beaver fans might be thinking, why are Sam and Andy covering the draft? There wasn't a whole lot concerning Oregon State that happened that night. I'll give a stat. Before I give the stat, I also want to say this. I've been chided by you and others for being a little loose with the term lottery pick or first rounder. Honestly, I was kind of right. There was <laughs> you were you you were you were so outside the box that you ended up going right in the middle of it, and you nailed a couple of those. I think you were the only one who knew Zaire Williams was going to be an actual lottery. Pick. Was actually going to be a lottery pick. Not last November, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was a crazy draft in general. A lot of lot of shocking selections. But here's the stat for us: Oregon State, our Beavers went a combined seven and three against first round picks last year. Seven and three. That kind of stat you would think would get you in the top twenty five of the Ken Palm rankings, but no, alas, it does not. And I was looking to see if Ken Palm had put out any early preseason ones, and he hasn't got around to it yet. But maybe he'll be listening to this because I'm pretty sure he does. Just know that, Ken, seven and three averse first-round NBA talent. There's nothing this program can't do. Right. That's got to boost your RPI more than those quadrant four losses that, that everyone likes to point out. Yeah, I think the other thing from the NBA draft that I really liked was everyone uh, is really all in on Cade Cunningham. They think Cade Cunningham is the man. He's uh, the next Luca. That's what I just keep hearing over and over again. And I just want to point out that 
Loretha Latiche blocked his jump shot twice. So jump shot, not that. at the rim. Not at the rim, jump shot. So if he, I hope he is that good. But then what does that say about Warith? I, yeah, we may have to make a proclamation or two about Warith before the end of this podcast. It might happen. Um, anything else from the NBA draft? Um, who, who, my, I, no, I guess we covered uh, Zaire Williams going ninth and absolutely shocking all of us in our group chat. I just think that what the most what stood out to me the most is that apparently NBA scouts do not watch Colin basketball because for Jalen Suggs to fall to number five is a crime against humanity. Very insulting. Yeah. Um, two guys from the G League Ignite team did not get drafted. Correct. Correct. Which is not a good look, I would think. I, I, I found that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. College basketball, I think, overall came out ahead on the draft, but. Not because people are watching it. <laughs> no, for all the wrong reasons, it it will it is fighting on in this new era of of paying college athletes. Yeah. All right. Moving on from the draft, let's stay in the NBA for a second. Just want to note that Zach Collins signed a three year deal with the Spurs. Now, what does that have to do with Oregon State? Is that bad for who's it worse for, Kyler Kelly or uh, Drew Eubanks? Who takes the brunt of this? Well, it's worse for Kylie, isn't he? Kyler, isn't he not on their their summer league roster? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to look. Uh, yeah, we should have researched this before, but I believe he's playing overseas next year. Oh, really? So there you have it, Drew- Zach Collins. Me, it's kind of me and you are both Blazer fans, and we have been disappointed by Zach Collins's career. I think is safe to say, right? So it's a good last kick to the stomach to have him force Kyler overseas. And he's not even going to be healthy ever is the thing. It's not like they're getting a player. They're just going to be paying him to sit in a suit. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. He's not on the summer league team. Wow. Okay. Well, moving on. Um, there are some Beavers playing in the summer league. Ethan Thompson is on the Bulls. Trey Stinkle is on the Lakers. And Gary Payton II is on the Warriors. So catch those games if you want to see them. Um, yeah, I watched some of Trace's highlights. He had, I think, 12 points or something like that. He was scored a lot around the rim, it seemed like, in his first game. So shout-outs to Trace. Yeah, he did really well. Um, and on that roster is Mac McClung, Austin Reeves, and Trace Tinkle. So it makes me think, are they searching for a Caruso replacement? I don't know. That might be that might be a way in. They clearly are, yeah, exploring their options as far as white hero underdog. <laughs> role guy goes you got to have one on every lebron team <laughs> you got to um yeah and sh- i thought trace played well in the summer league game he- he's looking really athletic like me and you have been going to the summer pro-am in portland and he's played in it and he had that one off the backboard windmill alley-oop to himself <laughs> which was just an astonishing display of athleticism so he's looking good it reminds you that he wasn't healthy you know close to 50% of the time he was in Corvallis because that was not in his bag his senior year, the off-the-backboard windmill that he put on. Right. Yeah, he's looking good. So try and catch one of those games, support some Beavers as they venture into the pros. Um, All right, anything else on the NBA you want to cover? I'm excited to see Ethan in Chicago. I think he's got a chance to get a two-way deal there. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he's going to carry some of that momentum from uh, the NCAA tournament run, and they are always looking for guards in Chicago. Yeah, he could be the summer league version of Lonzo for them. (laughs) You would love to see it. Um, All right, you want to move on to the practice? Let's do it. 
All right, so we both went down uh, to the practice the other day. Let's just talk about the experience first. What was it like for you? What what stood out to you overall? Well, it's always nice just to get back down to Corvallis anyway. I mean, obviously, a lot of people that listen to this went there, spent time there, and it's it had been a while for me, I think, pre-pandemic for sure. So even just to go down Monroe Street and all that, it's we all know what that's like. But to step mm-hmm. inside those new facilities, which are breathtaking, by the way, very, very unique. Um, the coaches, as cool as they appear to be, extremely down to earth, very appreciative, and and the players are awesome to us. Yeah, I'm it was, struggling to find a negative about it, honestly. Oh, there wasn't. I mean, and you you hit it right off the bat. I mean, it's so Corvallis in the summer. There's nothing like it. It's just slower pace. The weather's always beautiful. It's so quiet and serene. You love it. It's the perfect atmosphere. Then to walk into the new facilities, check it out. I'd never been inside. It was sick. I liked how uh, the women's court was below the men's court but you would never know because the ceilings are so high I, when i walked in they told me it was above them i was like are you serious but wow it's a it's a great place yeah you would never have known that they were they were in there practicing when we got there right and this is the time of year where they can do two a week apparently and yeah you never would have known that anyone else was in there it's so secluded yeah, I thought it was cool too. We got to meet Jim Anderson, uh, legendary Oregon State player and coach. There's certain people you meet that just have an aura about them, and it's often people that have lived a very long and full life. But he just seems so full of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, and he liked the way this new team looked. He said they looked aggressive. He was excited for them. It was cool. It's cool to see that he comes to almost every practice. It sounds like. Yeah, we. Uh, I knew that he went to a lot because former. Uh, guest Jason Quick told us that he went down and watched him, um, you know, some time ago. And But that's so cool. He's at all of them. How can you not love a situation like that? Yeah, and he played at Oregon State, too. And so he's a real he's a real beaver lifer. You, lo- you love that. He's a real part of the fabric uh, of the program. We don't want to, like, say a lot of what we heard at this practice specifically. But I will say that when you asked him if he likes to come to practice a lot, he said he's been going for 60 years, <laughs> which was an adorable quote. Yeah, that was cool. Um, one thing I did want to point out, and I don't know if anyone on the team or program is listening, but uh, can we get Eric Moreland up on the NBA Champions poster? When you walk into the gym, there's an NBA Champions poster with, uh, is it Brent Berry and... Um, and Gary Payton, yeah. And Gary Payton. And then you don't have Eric Moreland on there? Let's get let's get him up there. Come on. Right he, neither one of those dudes dated someone from Celebrity Housewives. Did he do that? <laughs> I think that was the reality show that he was dating dating a cast member of for a time. Or maybe he still is. Hey, yeah, more power to him. Um, so that's one thing I wanted to know. I thought that was cool that they had it up there. Um, I did think, we're not going to talk a lot about what we heard of the practice, but I will say that um, we did hear that Ahmad Starks and Joe Burton got into a fight one time at a shoot-around during their season. And I don't want to dive too deep into it, but that's just the funniest mental picture I've had in a long time to think about a Mod Starks and Joe Burton throwing hands. What a way to encapsulate the Craig Robinson era, a road shoot around and your 5'8 point guard is fist fighting your 6'7", however many pounds Joe Burton actually was, because I do think they would flub it a bit going (laughs) at it. You know, there's just no chance they were even competitive in that game. It's a uh, God. It's just such a funny mental picture. So if you're a Beaver fan and you remember that era, just think about that. Savor, savor that. Cheers to the Craig Robinson era. We can never forget it. <laughs> we can't. I can't honestly. I can't stop thinking about it. 
Right. Even even in these these new successful times, there has to be a part of you that that harkens back to that time. Right. Um, all right. So should we move on to some little uh, just vague and general team oversights? We don't want to get too into specifics of what we saw, but there's some generalities I think we can speak in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to say that to me, watching this practice, this seems like the most athletic Oregon State basketball team I think I've ever seen. Clearly, in our lifetimes, yeah. If yeah. I mean, we don't we we don't necessarily because you know adjust for eras and all of that sort of thing, but yeah. it's it's got to be the most athletic group to be put together in Corvallis. And Rand, like I want, I wrote down the Rand YouTube highlights. Those are quite accurate. <laughs> like those aren't just like out of the blue. He can look down into the rim when he dunks. I don't think I've ever seen someone jump that high. And he'll do it just flat-footed. I mean, he's not the only one. They've got their Midnight Madness uh, – and please do a Midnight Madness event, Beavers. Um, dunk contest would rival just about anybody in the country. Yeah, you would love to see that. That would be sick. So I, I was really impressed by overall the athletes, the, the new transfer players, the returners. Everyone's looking good. Speaking of the returners looking good, I've got a svelte-looking Silva um, out there. Looks like Silva's lost uh, a fair amount of weight. He's looking a lot more uh, – Thin, nimble. I don't know. I, I, what, what do you think? Yeah, he got up the court. I mean, much better. He he looked much better this August than I guarantee you he did in August ago. And obviously, we were in a pandemic and all those things, and we didn't really know what the season was going to look like. But yeah, he's looking trim. I mean, he obviously it's not shocking anybody to say that he's going against Shoal in practice, who's the the new center from Maryland, and Shoal is very very skinny, and but it, he by comparison wasn't a whole lot thicker really. No, it's looking good, and I think that'll help uh, with playing time. Because Silva, I'm sure, I'm not sure he'll be a starter, but I feel like we're going to see him return to being the starting center like he was last year. And I think you saw quick flashes of him, and I think a little bit of that was conditioning, you know, and getting up and down. So hopefully this improves that, and we can keep him on the floor more because he's super effective. He's got great touch. He's still his shot looked really good in practice. I think that yeah, the non-conference slate, and I know I said this last year, but I'm I'm doubling down on it. He's going to have some dominant games, the way we saw him play against like Tennessee at the end of the year when guys people would try in front him and they'd just do that high low pass and get a ton of easy baskets. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of Shoal, I just want to say that uh, the shot is real. You always hear that about Shoal that he's he's seven foot two. He looks like maybe he's even taller than that, but. You hear that he can shoot the three, and everyone says, no, I, I promise you he can. And you're like, sure, sure, sure. But after watching practice, I promise you he can. <laughs> it the, the ball goes through the net and barely disturbs it on his shot. It's almost like it doesn't even move almost. It's very pure, and I think that speaks a little bit to uh, – I just feel like Shoal is really pure. After watching practice, he's got a real um, – he's got a real Giannis vibe. Like, not in terms of, like, he's like this – I don't want to put, like, the Giannis comparison on because that's a heavy comparison for any player, but just in terms of that, like, eager to learn, really, like, so full of potential out there and just kind of, like, really in it, you know? And it was just – he's just got such a great spirit about him. I think he's going to be a great addition to the team. There is a very youthful innocence to Shoal that people are going to absolutely love. Beaver Nation will fall in love with Shoal. He's a real yes coach. Yes, coach type of kid, I feel like. Very, yeah, in the most genuine kind of way. Mm -hmm. um, let's see, what else do I have? Uh, oh, I, I just want to say, I forgot how much fun it is to watch uh, War Eath play. 
because he was looking so smooth. He's just such a smooth post player. He's so effortly athletic, just jumping in the air. Um, he had a couple of nice little fadeaways in the post. And just it's so fun to watch his game. And I really it makes you appreciate being a Beaver fan to know that we get another season of it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I we were sad to learn that he was very close to making Nigeria's national team and being a part of the Olympics, but clearly he got something out of that experience. And without getting into a lot of specifics, his game is expanding. Yeah, definitely. And, and he I was think pretty damn good last year, you know. Definitely. And on the uh, Nigeria note, it was cool to see, is it, I forget who the, is it Mike Brown, I think, is the coach of the Nigeria team, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was cool to see Mike Brown give uh, Waritha a shout out in the press and say that he was a uh, really played really well and has a lot of potential as a wing. Yeah, I think Warith. Not you know, we said we'd make proclamations about Warith. He's probably going to be the first Beaver to get drafted since Jared Cunningham, right? That's the way it's feeling. I don't know. I just you can't deny what type of athlete he is, and he's a next level athlete, and his game is so smooth. He's a great passer. I just. I feel like he he finds a place in the NBA, especially if you're just looking for like a role player who doesn't make mistakes and can help you so much on defense, guard multiple positions. He's got he's got to be on the radars. Yeah, I mean, and leading leading the Pac-12 in blocks and being up there in rebounds is only going to help, obviously. Yeah, he's uh, he's a special player. Um, did you have another another thing? I have a couple more from practice, but I feel like do you have anything you want to touch on? Well, so I think you. This is probably one of your notes. Um, Trey Williams is a very underrated player and should have been his I don't I can't explain his inconsistent playing time at Minnesota I don't think anybody can but I think you can kind of just chalk it up to that team was a bit of a mess a ton of dudes transferred from it at the end of the year and he is a baller yeah I had that down that I was I know I was a little more tepid on Trey Williams than you were when he signed uh, just based on like numbers I didn't see any of his game but yeah after watching practice he's a really cerebral player he really understands the game understands positioning I think he's going to make a big impact he's a great athlete hard competitor um yeah really I'm in on Trey and we knew about some of the 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 guys that can really get up and dunk it we knew about Rand. he was the most surprising though the, how easily he got up in the air yeah, he's a great he's a great athlete. I think he's going to really add to the defense, which is already a strength of Oregon State. I think the defense is going to be even better than it was last year. Yeah, we're still waiting to see what exactly the non-conference schedule is. Apparently it's it's got to be close by now. I mean, I'm seeing other teams release theirs, but some of those mid-major teams are going to find it very very difficult to score early in the season against them. Definitely. Um I think one other thing I just wanted to touch on was I'm looking forward uh to this new kind of leadership era for Gianni Hunt and Jared Lucas. Cause we both kind of talked about, noticed it at the practice, they're super vocal, really stepping into that leadership role. Um, you know, I don't know. I feel like they're the new leaders of this team of this new generation of players. And I'm excited for, it. I think they're up for the challenge for sure. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things that was not surprising to me is that those guys are upperclassmen. Now they, they're as aware as anybody that Reichel and Thompson are gone and, and, those roles need to be filled. I mean, obviously what they did on the court was huge, but they they were clearly the vocal leaders, not only last year, but even as juniors, really. I and mean, obviously that team had Trace, but they they provided that veteran presence. And that's like the one thing missing now. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm looking forward to that. I think they're going to do a good job. I'm kind of curious to see uh, which one of them, if it's going to be kind of a co-leadership thing, if one's going to take the charge. It's good to have a two they're both such passionate players. You know, I think it's good to have both of them. I don't think you're going to reel either one of them in. And they go so well together. I mean, obviously you're a little bit undersized when they're both on the floor, but Gianni and 
they complement each other's game so well. It just seems to work out. They really do. It's it's fun. You can tell they have a special connection. <laughs> it's I don't know. Some players just are uh, on another level. It seems like wavelength than other teammates. Like you know, and I feel like they have that. It was cool to see that they went against each other in the Drew League a couple weeks before that too. <laughs> it's good exposure. Yeah, definitely. Um, anything else from the practice? Uh, just shout outs to Coach Stewart, uh, Sean Scheffler, of course, for organizing all that. Coach Rupp, Coach Thompson, uh, Joey Peschel, and obviously Coach Tinkle. Those guys all fucking rule. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. And then I guess on the way out, the Athletic put out, we didn't talk about this, but in early June, the Athletic put out their power rankings for each conference. They're very early power rankings. And they had the Beavers at fifth place how do you feel about that now it gets me excited because obviously they're always going to be i'm not the the this it's satisfying right to see a ranking that doesn't immediately make you go towards the beaver bias and as we all will recall andy picked the beavers to finish fifth at this time more than a year ago that's right and, and look what happened. So um, now that the media is coming around, imagine, it just makes me think that that top spot is within reach. If if they're conceding that we are a top half team in August or June even. Yeah, it's within reach for sure. I'm curious to see. I think it's still too early to do any sort of uh, Pac-12 rankings, especially with Amani Bates <laughs> reclassifying to play basketball next year and listing Oregon as one of his top four destination schools. Real quick, since you brought up Oregon, so they signed Dior Johnson, who's a five-star guy, and now Amani Bates is is they're in his final four. I find it so funny that these kids are making these final five choice lists and three of them are like G league ignite or other professional programs. And they're like, then Oregon and Memphis, because they're also offering me money. No, it's Oregon, Memphis, Michigan state, which is where he originally committed, but then decommitted from, and then the G league. So yeah, he's getting paid anywhere he goes for, you know, that for sure. Right. It's just another way for those schools to admit one more time that they're not. And that like, I know about NIL, that's not what I'm saying. That isn't how it works. It doesn't mean you can just write checks to sign players, which is what they're doing. Definitely. Um, all right. Anything else you want to talk about before we move on to shout outs? Um, well, so I, since we're already, you've got me in a duck mood, I will say Jordan Bell, congratulations on making it 30 minutes in a Portland Pro-Am game without getting called a single foul. That is hilarious. <laughs> one of the more frustrating things I've been a part of. Just, just one more reason to say fuck the Ducks. Yeah. Shout out to the Portland Pro-Am. We've been going to that. Sam actually coached in it for a weekend. Um, shout out to Active Players, the team we were running <laughs> running with. Those are good guys. I, hopefully they get a win before the season ends. Good dudes. Only team in that league that doesn't have a, a current G League or former slash current NBA guy on it. The second day I coached him, Jordan Bell dropped in and was allowed to reach in as much as he wanted, which was insulting to me. The, the Portland Pro-Am has been amazing. I really cannot stress enough. If you like kind of local basketball, if you have an affinity for pro players from this area, go check it out. It's a real who's who. It's very cool. But the way they divvy up talent is so funny to me because they just went out of their way to not give active ballers nearly as good a team as everybody else. And no one's dropping. None of the NBA players who drop in, like Kyle Wilshire or Jordan Bell, those fringe guys, they, they never drop in for active players. 
it's so frustrating to me. It's like you'd think at least one of those dudes would be like, yeah, I want to work on my game. Put me on the squad that's mostly community college dudes and whatnot, and that'll put more on me. But they all want to build these super teams in a pro-am. Congratulations, you know, to, to Team ICP with the Chapman brothers and Tyrone White and such. We had them the first day, too. Yeah, that was, and that was great to see Ty White play because he's a true Portland uh, Hooper legend, and it was good to see him still balling out. And just as nice a guy as ever. Very funny sense of humor when he's out on the court. It was good. I hadn't. I I know him through PCC connections, and it was fun to coach against him. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, yeah. Shout out to the Portland program. Go check that out. I think they end August fifteenth is the the playoffs, right? Yeah. So go out and catch that last weekend. I think we'll we'll try to get out there at least Sunday, right? Yeah, for sure. And then um, shout out to you know what. Most podcasts have a sponsor. We're going to flip it around. We're going to sponsor our business on this podcast. Um, shout out to Birdhouse Books. It's a bookstore in Vancouver, Washington on Main Street. Sam and I are both fans, and we just want to give him a plug. Lucas, a great dude, a young business mind. Uh, um, yeah, full of ideas. You need to support that bookstore. We can't stress enough. Like I, I, You might be thinking, why are we so adamant about this? You need to go in there and find out for yourself. Listen, I'll put it like this. You're going to want to get on the ground floor of Birdhouse Books because Lucas is a computer science engineer uh, graduate who's starting a used bookstore. And that's literally how Amazon started. So come on and get on the ground floor with me and Sam right now. You'll be glad you did in 10 years. There's a very promised season vibe inside that place. You'll feel it if you're a fan of Oregon State men's basketball. Yeah. So if you're in Vancouver, Washington, go check out Birdhouse Books. That place is cool. Um, any other shout outs, Sam? Just everybody that listens, thank you, Tim, in Pennsylvania. I'm tempted to send Tim some more specifics about practice, but we, we're not supposed to do that, so we'll, we'll hold off for now. Well, yeah, we'll figure it out. And, again, shout-out to all the coaches and uh, for everyone for letting us come down. It's a, such a welcoming environment. Love the Oregon State basketball team, and it's so uh, so nice of them for to let us be a little bit part of it. It's a beautiful thing. It's yeah, it's very we can't stress enough how cool that is for all of us and, and how unique that is. We under we appreciate that this is not the norm around the country. I don't think Dana Altman has his sights set on inviting podcasters to practice. No, 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 no. Those practices happen in the dark for sure. Um all right, cool. Well, it's gonna be a good team. I'm getting more excited for the season as we get closer and closer, and we'll keep hitting you guys up with podcasts sporadically until then. But just always remember, fuck the ducks. Fuck the ducks. All right. See you guys later.